named our podcast the World Class Agency Podcast, not because we thought we were world class, but because we try and get closer to it every conversation that we have. What does World Class Estate Agency look like to you? World Class Estate Agency is all about people. The good estate agents add, adds an incredible amount of value to the consumer. He's, he's looking after the customer properly, so being approachable, being accessible. And for me, every day's a learning day. What does being a world-class agent mean to you? Joining me today is a guest with over 22 years of experience directly in the property sector across portals, agent networks, and review platforms. He joins us today to talk about what business growth actually means and why it probably means many different things to many different agents. He is an expert in both strategy and execution, a rare mix. And for the last five years, he's working really closely with some of the best in the property industry to maximize growth in their own businesses. Mal McCallion, CEO of Groshen, welcome to the World Class Agency podcast. Thanks very much indeed, Sam. Great to be here. And thank you for that introduction, which makes me feel old. Well, it is there hopefully to make you feel experienced (laughs) as much as as well. Yeah, yes, very good. Absolutely. Yes, experientially enhanced is my new, it's the new old. There we go. I like that. I think we can run with that. I'll somehow work that into your outro uh, <laughs> when I'm sitting here reviewing uh, everything that we're going on. Um, you uh, probably mistakenly said to me before we pushed record that you had listened to this show in the past. So uh, that means that you kind of know what's coming. Uh, so no pressure on your answer. But Mal McCallion, what does world-class estate agency look like to you? That is the big question, right? And for me, it's all about outcomes, all right? So the real key for any agent, in my view, is what is the client looking for? And that can be a variety of different things. Now, it's generally within a few sort of uh, variations, but you know, for some people, obviously, it is um, a highest price for their property or the highest rental yield for their, uh, for their um, apartment, whatever. Um, for some, it is speed. So they need to move fast. For some, it is you know, probate, and they need to make sure that that is all taken care of in a in a suitable, um, respectful manner. So, I think very uh, a lot of the mistakes that I see out there are are with assumptions and with actually mm. you know, agents just kind of going, well, obviously it's going to be the the, the maximize the, the the value of the property, and actually sometimes that can be uh, compromised, but for speed. So for me, everything that greatest estate agency does is paying attention to the customer and to what their individual specific hyperlocal uh, nano uh, importance is and, and how can you very quickly demonstrate that you are the absolute fit for whatever their desired outcome is and and in, in order to try and assess that obviously you know it's, it's about the questioning it's about listening it's about um, presenting the agency itself as being that solution to whatever the problem is for that particular mm. that particular customer. Absolutely. Um, you, I, I wrote a note down there and it wasn't something you actually said, but I think you actually came to it at the end there where, where I said, world-class agents don't make assumptions. Um, and uh, so I was saying to you before um, we started talking officially that uh, my mum was babysitting my daughter today so we could get some work done. And I remember when I was a little kid, my mum used to say to me, assumptions make an ass out of you and me. Yes. Um, and and yeah. that, that's, that is the, the reality of it. It's so simple to keep asking questions 
instead of, as you say, just assuming that they want the highest price when actually they need to probably have a result tomorrow because they're feeling the pressure of an onward move or a divorce or a new baby coming or something like that as well. Um, What do you reckon? Let's talk about assumptions for a second because that I think is interesting to me. And I also reckon that even the best agents who listen to this show probably make an assumption or two every day. I'm, I'm guilty of it and I'm trying to make sure that I'm conscious of it as well. What do you reckon are some of the really obvious or like core repeated assumptions that, that agents make? Um, I, th- I think that there's a variety of them. So it, whenever there is human interaction, right, there is the potential for these, these assumptions to take place, right? So they can be assumptions mm. within your team. You know, they can be assumptions about your investors or they can be assumptions about your senior managers or your boss or anybody around there but also obviously around the clients too Um, and i think that um it's again as humans it's really easy to assume that everybody's outlook is roughly the same as yours and that actually you know you are every person uh, and everybody is broadly similar to you within the kind of shade of 90 80% but but that assumption i think is probably the real killer for for many people and many businesses because even in a moment somebody's motivation can change you know something mm. dramatic can happen some you know life change a, a job loss um, you know a partner ill or divorce or all those things can happen that change people's outlooks, and that's why, as, as you say, the kind of the asking questions and the um, and, and the listening to the answers, which is obviously the next bit, uh, the important bit, um, is is to continue to try and make sure that you never go into a conversation with as, assuming that almost that the, the last conversation still stood. You know, I remember very early on in my my sales training, and you know, this is where where I kind of jumped into into the whole industry it was it was about whenever you go to a meeting with a potential client you always start again with that kind of rapport building you always start again to try and find out how are things how's the family what's what's going on in the world how's and not only does that um not only is that a really nice thing to do and makes everybody feel um, happier it also gives you the clues and the cues to start to build this particular version of, of, of what you're going to do and makes absolutely sure that you are going from a foundation of strength into that potential transaction rather than um, going from, as you say, the kind of the assumption side of things, which just, I think more than anything else, and, and if we're all honest with ourselves and if listeners kind of think back to to the worst things or the worst moments in their, time, their, their businesses when things have gone wrong, it's basically because they've assumed something that turned out to be wrong. A good point um clues and cues i had to say that slowly so that i didn't say it incorrectly because it's more difficult than it than it should be um what's a clue and what's a cue so um one of my favorite games to play is is, in, is a kind of mental game which, which is the so what test all right so basically you just keep asking yourself so what until you get to the the, the kind of the deeper answer so you know if, if somebody says that they um, that they're looking to move to the coast, then you can sit in the game right. So what? You know, so so what? What does this mean? What? 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 So, what? and 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 it kind of also dovetails into to marketing, which we can touch on later as well. Is is everything that you do has to have this kind of this deep purpose that is a benefit, not a feature. So what the, the clues versus cues? Um, some people will give away what they're talking about, or some people will, will very much kind of articulate. Um, what it is that they want very um, very quickly and you're able to 
to pick that up um, and and then they kind of cue you up um, but then there's there's a, another kind of type of person that, that will only give you clues and you've got to actually dig a bit deeper and this again comes mm. down to this sort of this effective questioning this right what, what so what are they saying this for you know what is what, what, why are they kind of giving these clues away and how can i get right deep down to essentially what their, 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 their sort of deep line purpose is, right? Well, what is this motivation that's that's sitting under there? Um, and like I say, some people will will give you the, the the clues and some people will cue you up to, to ask deeper questions because they don't feel comfortable about revealing it until they feel a little more trustful of you. I've never, so I've never heard uh, clues and cues before. And I think you've explained it like really simply, you know, if someone is, they are giving you clues they're inviting you to investigate aren't they um and actually um i I like to think of and again it's genuine questioning not a list of questions that you've been given by your manager or you've read in a book but it's it's genuine questions it's a bit like why we don't overly prepare for these podcasts because it's a better conversation when you're talking like this rather than me saying to him what's happening next mal um (laughs) yeah you're showing them that you empathize with their situation because you want to to delve a little you've accepted that clue and you move forward or the or the cue might be let's not talk about that again particularly if it's a sensitive situation about a death or a divorce or something like that and you say i completely understand yes let's move on until you get a clue in which you go forward again and i think it's exactly that and and i think there is there is a place for um, not quite scripting, but certainly having um, questions sort of ready or a structure, let's put it that way, mm. structure to how you go about this. And it may well be that your particular business has a particular, almost a branded structure of going through these things. And I know there's a, a lot of products out there that, that help this. And, and what you're doing as well is you're trying to help the team because for some people that that kind of empathizing is, is, is second nature and then being mm. able to, to have that conversation is really really straightforward and and you know and people are into it really really quickly for for others and perhaps particularly newer members of staff perhaps those coming into the industry who haven't been as um as as client facing um as as this role requires and particularly perhaps now currently we've you know we do have this sort of recruitment crisis where everybody's trying to to get people into the businesses as quickly as possible and there needs to be this this structure around how they how they approach their jobs. So I think mm. that the, the kind of, again, sort of having a framework is, is useful, you know, a kind of a, a sort of roadmap or, or signposts along the way. Um, but then, yes, absolutely, you need to allow your people to be themselves and to display the, um, the skills that they have and that you've recruited them for, hopefully, uh, to be able to build that rapport with these people and to be able to get to get to the heart of what their, their drivers are so that you can then map your solution, your, your service in to what it is that they're looking to achieve. I think you're exactly right. We, we sort of created a, uh, we call it the Home Search Service Survey. Again, something very difficult to say three times <laughs> fast. Um, and it's 12 questions, um, but each question has a, like a story or an explainer behind it. So it's non-inquisition, but you're finding out the information that you need to know. But by saying the reason why I'm asking you, what do you want from your estate agent is because most people say highest price, fastest time and constant communication. But what does the high, like why does the highest price matter to you? And what does speed look like? Because speed could be today because I've got somebody, but they probably won't pay you the most money, but speed could be a month if we're going to corral 10 people in there. And it's not enough 
just to to ask the service question and move on. You're doing them and yourself a disservice. And I think actually, if you can then, if, if you can, if you're listening to this and you've got something like that, or if you want a copy of that, whatever, remind yourself every time you ask a question, look for the clue, look for the yeah. cue, because that's going to help guide moving forward as well. Yeah. And I think um, I think it is it is it is true in you know, and again, we always take it for granted because it's such a natural part of, of interaction. You know, yeah. in every conversation there are these clues and in every conversation there are cues. And and I think it's you know it's really interesting, you know, almost on a psychological level to see how how all those things interplay. But certainly I think that um when one is seeking a, a, an outcome, you know, and, and that is to, to do a deal or to be helpful to people and to get paid in return, then you've got to be really, really on it in terms of the, the person that, that is able to build that rapport and demonstrate that they can achieve that person's desired outcome best is going to be the person that gets the instruction. And that, that to me is, is why high quality estate agents are constantly on the lookout for those, almost those things to hang their hang their hang their hats on you know so that people leave these cues out there and what you're doing is you're just looking for things to write go okay well now i know my my service does this so you know we, we have a branch network that covers all of these areas so that is going to help us to drive um the additional number of uh, of, of potential buyers or applicants uh, we know that our tech is is best in class we use this particular um marketing um, strategy in order to achieve that particular thing you're always mapping your services onto these different hooks that people are leaving mm. out there and, and making and demonstrating and proving what's more that you are the uh, you are the, the the best positioned business to to achieve their outcomes um i was going to ask you a completely different question but because you mentioned cool. like the the psychological uh element of and it's not just a state agency it's sales but i think state agency it's more pronounced because you are dealing with people and i've said this before uh, and i i firmly genuinely believe it it to be a true statement that you're dealing with people uh, almost at their lowest emotional ebb but at their highest aspirational ebb at the same time so moving house sucks for there there isn't probably a better way or a simpler way of describing it and i think because we're not the ones as agents moving and we're not the ones deciding like we're not going to see all of that money come into our bank account and we're not the ones that are actually like, we might be negotiating on behalf of somebody but it's not our decision to make at the end of the day we are so far removed from that emotion and you talked about before about taking things for granted and actually reminding yourself not to yeah. and my career as an agent and i think actually i apply the same principles in talking to agents now because if you're talking to a business owner it is an emotional ride as much as it is a business as well I went and picked my sister's brain. She's a psychologist. I said, how do you deal with people who are under like self-imposed stress? And, yeah. and her answer was, you just slow down and you listen to them. <laughs> you know, I was like, that sounds like what you do. And she's like, that's exactly what I do. Yeah. And that's exactly what, if you want to be respected and trusted and listened to, which to get that outcome you spoke about, you have to have all those three things. You got to earn the right. And it is, understanding the psychology of somebody who's in a pretty shitty situation across from you, even if they're going to be selling their house in the best market that there's been for probably multiple generations, it's still going to suck. Yeah. So you got to hear them out. Yeah. And it brings its own pressure as well, right? Because, you know, mm. it's, and I often think of it as just kind of risk reward, right? It's, it's almost that basic. So, so there is a huge risk that this person, this human 
is going to make a terrible decision. And they are they are so worried about that. And they look at this array of agents sitting, you know, um, uh, on their sofa uh, in consecutive visits, and they look at them and go, right, which of these other people is going to mitigate my risk the best and build my rewards the highest? And it's almost that kind of base calculation is right. You know, I've, I've got to offset this risk, and I've got to I've got to target that the highest reward, and that, as you say, brings with it a huge emotional toll, and particularly because it's not a frequent um, psychological state. You know, people don't do this very often, and therefore, mm. and, and also that the, the the risk is high and the reward is high, <laughs> so everybody's got a heightened sense of oh my god, right? You know, I've, I've got to make such a good decision. And that's where all of this you know, stuff from great estate agents comes into play from, you know, the whole, you know, building out their marketing, making sure their brand is consistent, making sure the content that they talk about is nonstop about building this trust, making sure that people really understand what they stand for and, and, and who they are. And there's these great stats from, from Google, which I've, I've, I've probably spoke to you about before, and which is the, the, the numbers of times people need to hear from you before they really trust you. Um, and, and obviously, you know, all sales is trust. Okay, People will mm. never buy from you unless they think you are going to do the job that they want done, solve the problem they need solving. And Google says that you need 11 touches, right? 11 touches. People need to see your brand on average 11 times before they will buy from you. They also need to see you in four different environments. Okay, so they need to hear you on a podcast. They need to see you on a billboard. They need to see a, an office or a car or a, uh, you know see an advert in a newspaper or online um, so those different environments help them to be reassured that there's a 360 degree presence here rather than just 11 spammy emails uh, yep. and then the final one is so that's 11 touches four different environments and then the third one or the final one is seven hours right now seven hours always terrifies the heck out of people people think how am i ever going to get seven hours of time with this person and that's where videos come in that's where a great mm. website comes in that's where you know they'll see pr about you as well uh, and they just slowly build this up over time and that's why you know for me and, and particularly when i'm focusing on the marketing side um it is absolutely essential that, that all of this is in harmony it is all you know coherent um and it really drives home this idea that you that you are there to solve that particular customer's um, problems. You're able to mitigate their risk and, and drive their reward. Um, let's come back to, you, you said something before uh, that it, so it's, it's 11 times, four different environments, seven hours. Is that to just get an inquiry or is that for somebody to do business with you? That's, so, so that is for them to trust you enough to, to make the inquiry, right? So that okay, is, cool. that is you, you have got to be out there with your marketing, with your salespeople, with your product, 11 touches, seven hours, four mm. environments. Um, let's, I, I've, I want to ask you one question about um, the, the market now, because I think actually it's already begun to, to be a bit of a changing market sooner than perhaps some people thought. So we'll get to that. Before we do, let's talk very, very quickly about marketing. Yeah. You know, I can see now you've just put your estate agent hat on. It's early February, 2022, what does your marketing plan look like for uh, let's say the next hundred days and then the rest of the year? 
So like you've always got to start I'll begin with the end in mind, right? So so you know, there needs to be targets, there needs to be an understanding of where you're going to go this year. And hopefully that is already in place um, and has been since the back end of last year or as you go into your new financial year in April. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the back of that, so, so off the back of that, off the back of that real understanding of, right, this is where we need the business to go. Um, this is where you need to start really kind of getting um, getting active, getting an execution plan together. And that's what we spend a, a, a lot of time here at Grocery focusing on is, right, what do you stand for? You know, what, what is it that's going to make these 11 touches, these seven, uh, seven hours and four, um, uh, four different environments really resonate with people? How are you going to be able to differentiate yourselves? Now, you know, what, what I work with a lot of um, prop tech businesses. And one of the things that, that always I focus on is, is um, for an agent, the kind of key drivers are more instructions. OK, higher fees and lower costs. Mm. OK, so that interaction of those mm. two things more uh more instructions higher fees and lower costs how can it? you i'm sorry <laughs> I said, is that all that's it yeah just yeah. that it's easy <laughs> business, yeah, it's, business is really easy isn't it really yeah easy. isn't it uh, but yeah but that, but you know when you do boil it down if you can really keep those very simple things i, I think it was a triangle literally if i like i'm very visual when i'm thinking about that it is literally a triangle of like right okay more instructions higher fees lower costs um what you need to be doing, particularly as we enter a market, as, as we are entering, is thinking, right, you know, in, in order to achieve those, those more instructions, I have got to be front foot every single thing that I talk about, whether it's on a, uh, an interview, whether it's PR, whether it's an advert, whether it's, you know, those kind of banners that go up on, on the portals. It's got to be a message. Okay, and it's got to be something that reflects our values and reflects the problems that we're looking to solve for customers. And that is what draws people in. All right. So, yes, of course, you know, any agent I speak to worth their soul will say, if I can just get onto the just on the valuation, I'll, I'll smash it. I'll, I'll, I'll win this. Mm-hmm. That's all I need to do. So this is why you need to be really, really focused on that messaging. What is that kind of what is your purpose here? What is it that you are trying to um, to achieve for your customers overall? What's going to get buy-in from all of your staff? Okay, what's going to get them singing from the same hymn sheet? So when they're doing the interactions with these potential customers, they are also helping to underpin these 11 touches, these seven hours, these four different environments. So that's, you know, from, from the marketing perspective, you've got to have real clarity. Okay, real clarity around the message. And again, we spend a lot of time just really focusing on, on what, what's really important for those individual businesses, whether it's agency or whether it's, it's a technology business, um, and, and getting that really clear so everybody knows it. And then when everybody's out there talking about it, they are saying exactly the same thing, because that mm-hmm. is going to mean that you will win more instructions. That is going to mean that when you come to talk about your fee rates, the conversation isn't just going to be in price. It's going to be about who you are, why you are best for them, what problem you are solving or the problem that you are solving for them. And it's going to mean that the overall cost of acquisition for those um, leads and for those um, instructions is going to be lower as well. And, and actually, that comes back to the, the point you were making before about you've got to be consistent in your messaging, consistent in your brand, so that when you get through those 11 touch points, those seven hours across four different channels, they already know what you're already about because because you've talked openly about who you are and what you stand for so that's why you're in the door so you've just got to be yourself and actually you've got to make it all about them coming back to where we started there push all the assumptions aside sit down and, and you know again if i'm sitting there and i i always take 
interesting conversations or interesting advice too literally but i would almost sit in front of somebody and say i desperately don't want to make any assumptions so forgive me if it sounds like i'm asking loads of questions but it's really important to me that i can understand exactly what you need from me so i can actually solve your real problems instead of just getting my camera out of the car and taking some photos and putting a house in the market yeah and i think that's exactly it it, with the vast majority of people that relaxes them. You know, again, we've talked about the risk reward thing. We've talked about how stressed they are, how, how much this is so important to them. Um, you know, but by just being very human and very open and saying, look, you know, that this is you know, this is a relationship we're building here. You know, I, I want to work with you on achieving this aim for mm. uh, for, for whatever outcome is your desired outcome. Um, and that just kind of disarms a lot of people. You know, I mean, for, for, for better or worse, um, over time, um, you know, estate agents have got a certain, um, you know, certain integrity challenge because of how people have perceived many within our industry. And I do think that people come into this, you know, with, with that in their minds. They think, right, you know, okay, I've got three different estate agents. They're probably going to be broadly interchangeable. Um, and I've just got to make a snap decision as to which one I think is going to mitigate my risk and, and drive the most reward now. But actually, if you've done a lot of the groundwork before, if you've got these consistent messages out, they're going to be a little bit more favorable towards you as you walk through the door in the first place. And then if you are proving that you're who they thought you were by asking them, what is it that you you really want out of this? How can we best help to support you through what is a inevitably going to be a, um, a challenging time? But that's, you know, this is what we do. This is this is all we do. This is what's important to us as well as it's important to you. Agreed. Right. Um, I said to you at the start of this that somehow we would have a conversation and lo and behold, like 25 minutes would have passed and we'll be thinking, what do we do now? Um, It's it's been good. I've enjoyed this. I I, want to talk a little bit about, um, so because of your presence in industry, you talk to a lot of people. Um, And actually what I think that means is you have the opportunity to ask a lot of questions and to listen and to get varying opinions from varying agents in varying areas about what they're seeing now where they think it's like where the market is heading what their challenges may be so i'm really interested on on your perspective um or perhaps a combination of the perspectives that you've taken on board over the last six or seven weeks as we've got into this year and what is your sense for the year in front of us or the the next 10 and a half months in front of us yeah, so look, I, I, I don't think it's a surprise to anybody listening that, that stock is going to be the big challenge, right? Mm. You know, everybody talks about the, the number of transactions that, um, you know, over the last two years, any, what I always think of as discretionary moves have probably happened. So some some people, they, they have to move. Other people have a lot of discretion and agency in whether they do move or not. And I think all of those discretionary moves or the vast majority of those discretionary moves have probably happened where people have gone, mm. you know what, I'm just going to, yeah, I, I I don't have to move, but I want a big garden or I want an extra home office. So I'm going to move. So a lot of people are then, you know, so, so that tra- those transaction volumes have and, and will necessarily kind of dry up this year. Um, you'll very much, you've still got the, uh, the kind of uh, the essential ones, debt, divorce, debt being our, our favorite 3Ds. Um, you know, so, so those will still be going ahead. So, so the challenge for any, any agent out there, and everybody's feeling it already, and I think everyone started to feel it towards the, the back end of last year as well, um, is how do I get into these, whatever, um, I was going to say thin gruel there, it's not, it's not thin, but whatever the, whatever the, the, the lower levels of transactions are out there, 
how do I make sure that I'm best positioned to, to get onto the sofa of, of all of those potential vendors and get involved in those conversations with any landlords that are coming into market or, or changing. Um, and that, again, I, I, I absolutely believe is around ensuring that people see why you are solving their problems, why you are you know, best placed to be in that conversation with them. So the more that you hang out those um, those questions, the more that you are seen to be consistently um, approaching the market and, and being true to your, your purpose, your values, uh, being consistent, coherent, making sure your teams are doing the same, then that is what is going to ensure that when these people are looking to, to mitigate their risk and, and generate their rewards, they're going to think that you have a really good chance of being the right answer for that. Agreed. And, and that, like, again, I don't want to, for people listening to this, to think that that all sounds easy. It, it's very simple to explain, but it's yeah. actually in practice, ah. it's very, it, it, it's difficult one to make sure you've got your messaging down so it's clear and you can articulate it well and you're staying on brand, everything like that. But then the real hardship is being ruthlessly consistent in it across yeah. the board. And yeah. that is like, that's the, that is the word of the decade, I think, in terms of consistent, if you want whatever it is that you want, out of today, this week, the month, the year, your life, be consistent in, in moving closer towards that. And there's a very, very good chance that you will achieve it. Without it, chopping and changing and throwing shit at a wall and hoping something sticks, it's going to be very, very difficult. Absolutely. And, and you know, within consistency comes the, the kind of dreaded word discipline. And I'm a big, big fan of, of that. I think a disciplined approach to what you do and understanding a plan. Uh, I'm working with a, a big kind of regional agent um, over here in the in the east um, at the moment and we are really getting quite ruthless about right how are we going to um how are we going to present and and, and, and ensure that the whole team you know this is a you know the, they've got 12 13 branches they are a really strong player uh, and they have to make sure across this whole network that, that, that everything is is singing together and that's that's difficult as you say you know it's, it's not a we can make it sound very easy but once you've got the right idea, then you start to put the building blocks in place to get you there. And that's, and, and that's the skill, right? That's, that's what makes great business. That is indeed what makes great business. Mal, um, I want to say a big thank you on behalf of Mark and I and everybody listening. I, genuinely, I know I say this quite often and people will have a smile on their face because they know it's going to come. But I think that was one of our best conversations ever. Uh, and that's down to you and your experience and, and the energy and the time. And your kids didn't even pull the banner down behind you. And hopefully they got off to school five minutes ago. So I, I, I love so, it when anyway, a plan yeah. comes together. Otherwise, yeah. they're going back to bed and that's why I said quiet. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, it's good for them. So uh, thank you. I really do appreciate your time. Yeah. And uh, off the back of this, I'm pretty sure we're going to do it again sometime soon. So thank you. Look forward to that very much. Cheers, Sam. Wow. What an episode. Um, as Mark would say if he was here, a massive thank you once again to Mal McCallion from Groshen for joining me today. Uh, I know I often say uh, this, but I, I do think that if you were to rewind all of 28 minutes and listen to that again now, you're going to get an infinite, like an immeasurable amount of value out of that conversation. Uh, I, I've just finished with Mal and, and said to him off air that I'm incredibly grateful that he's given us that time this morning instead of taking his kids to school. Um, 
because that like we, we have these episodes every now and again and i think every week we do our absolute best to bring as much value as we can but we do have these episodes you know there's probably five or six of them a year where you can build a business out of an episode and i firmly believe that today was one of them you know I, I'm, I'm not gonna i would urge everybody to stop listening to me rewind and listen to that again with a notepad so you can write down some notes and then you can scribble an asterisk next to the ones that you're going to take action on today because if you are i mean we talked about at the end there's the, this year is all about the challenge of stock there's not going to be any discretionary moves you know that is by far and away the challenge that is facing every agent from world class down to barry down the road the ways in which you can solve that problem or at least the work that you can put in to begin to solve those problems are in this podcast. Go back and listen to it from, you know, building out your market and keeping your brand consistent. I really loved, you know, talking openly about who you are and what you stand for as marketing because all sales is trust. You know, you don't have to think of flashy slogans or taglines or, you know, an overused cliche. Just talk to people about why you do what you do, why you're good at what you do and how you help people. If you can do that, 11 times over seven hours on four different environments. I think there's a guy called Daniel Priestley uh, who wrote a book called Key, Key Person of Influence. Um, and he talks, I think, exactly about that, about that 11 touches, seven hours over four different environments. So it's not, uh, it's not a new theory, but it's a proven one. And if you're looking for something that you can start to do today, it's building out what do 11 contact points over the course of X look like, you know? Um, Two more points um, before I sort of wrap up and get out of your ears for today. Mal said uh, a line when we were in that conversation where somebody's motivation can change in a moment. And actually, it's somebody's perception of their agent can change in a moment. Somebody's perception of the market can change in a moment. Someone's reason for moving can change in a moment as well. So it's your job not just to ask those questions and to not make assumptions at the very beginning of that relationship, it's your job to make no assumptions throughout the relationship. You know, we always talk about consistent, constant communication, not once a week feedback on vendor call day, but constant, what's happening on your end? Has anything changed for you? This is where we are. We didn't have any inquiries today. We had five inquiries today. We've had two offers. When can I come and see you to talk about them and not actually delivering over the phone? Because you've got to remember that somebody's motivation, you know, somebody's perception, somebody's reason for moving can change at any moment. I think we've not actually had that conversation on this show before. Um, and I think it's definitely one that we'll be looking to have again. It's, it's certainly going to stick in my mind as well. Um, and the last thing, really, really simple. Like uh, I think we did a really good job of already kind of going over clues and cues, but I really liked what Mal said about whenever you're meeting somebody old or new, and I think this goes for personal relationships as well and not taking them for granted. Always start again with the rapport building, but don't do it. I've got to build rapport. So I've got to ask questions about their dog and what's how their kids went back to school and stuff like that. Ask questions you're interested in. Help them understand that you're genuine and you genuinely want to understand them better as a person because that is going to allow you to serve them better as a world-class estate agent. Again, I'm going to do a really short wrap up because I've got no one to bounce off, but also because I really would urge you to listen to that again and make some notes and then take some decisive action because you can build 
a business and you can certainly build a marketing plan, you can certainly have amongst the challenges that, that, that this year is going to present in terms of stock and interest rates and people only moving because they have to rather than just because they're taking advantage of what's out there now, you can actually build something that will perform beyond perhaps what you've even done over the last 18 months to two years as well. So once again, a massive thank you to Mal for joining me this morning. Um, we do this episode, we do this podcast and these episodes because we love our industry. I actually said to Mal before we hit record that Mark and I do this because it's a bit of fun. And one of the reasons why we don't actually ever release the video is because we have no real intention of ever getting paid for it. Um, and we both do this at eight o'clock in our mornings before our busy days kick off because we just love the industry. I'm actually like desperately trying to give back to an industry that has done so much for us. Um, if you think that that sounds cliche, try harder for a couple of years and tell me that it hasn't changed your life genuinely. Uh, so I'm going to ask a favor to everybody who's listening to this. And, and I think I've done this off the back of these seminal episodes before, and I'm going to keep doing it as we keep producing really outstanding content for you guys in the future. If you found some value in this episode, or if you've now listening to this bit for the second time, because you've rewound and you've listened to Mal again, please share this episode on social media, tag Mal, tag Mark, tag me in it and put down what you took away and what you're going to be doing out of this episode today not tomorrow but today i'd be really grateful if you can do that for us as well as usual my name's sam hunter he's mark worrell thank you very much and we will see you again next week